The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is your host, Dave Williams, along with the Sam Brewski, the greatest co-host ever, and this is Hoopball Grizz. Greatest co-host ever. What's up, Sam? What's up? How's it going tonight, man? Oh, it's going pretty good, except for the game I watched. <laughs> was this one actually a game? Was it really a game? There, you know, that was the thing. Is uh, Joe, Joe came home from church, and it was right at halftime, and he's like, so... Are you watching this so-called basketball game? I'm like, well, I watched like the first five minutes, and there was a little bit of basketball, and the rest of it was just a uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have not played a whole lot of basketball since the All Star break. There right? was a little bit in the third quarter. There was a little bit. They started playing through Jonas, some bully ball going on. It was kind of cool to watch. And then, as they, they should have, and they, they should uh, like. He, he absolutely wrecked PJ Tucker. They've got. They do not have a body down there big enough. The tallest to person him. is six seven. And Jonas is five inches taller than him. And outweighs them by Lord knows how much. At least 30 pounds. They, this entire game should have ran through him. Yep. Well, I mean, he, he finished with 16 and 10, and he had five points and four rebounds when they started playing through him. And, and he did and that in a couple minutes. Yeah, and I, he shot like 70% from the field tonight. He did too. great. Yeah, he he done well. I I don't know. I don't have an answer. I know that the Grizzlies have not looked good post-All-Star break. That is for sure. Final score of the game, Rockets 140, Grizzlies 112. Grizzlies fall to 28-30 and 30 on the season. Still good for eighth, two and a half games up. Thanks to um, Dallas for taking care of San Antonio. Yes. That was kind of iffy. Didn't know if Dallas was going to end up beating them or not, but uh, they're, uh, Dallas is helping the Grizzlies out. So Appreciate it. Go Luka and Chris Tops. Mm. Keep eating. Thanks for the help. Apparently the Grizzlies are going to need a lot of it in the second half. They're going to. They have the what second hardest schedule or something like that. They have the hardest. Oh, it's schedule. the hardest yeah. schedule. Okay. Yeah, the uh, hardest schedule. I knew it was, they were saying post All Star yep. break, they mm-hmm. they were the hardest schedule. So it's uh it's going to be rough. It's going to be especially, you know, we already knew that Jaron was going to be out minimum minimum of two weeks with his knee injury. He's being reevaluated in two weeks. We went over. You know what reevaluated uh, is. Reevaluated <laughs> does not mean that he's going to be back in two weeks. It's possible. It there is a chance, but, but reevaluated he's, means in, just he's taken look. off at least two yeah. weeks, they're and they're going to test it then to see how he is. So he's out two weeks. Brandon Clark quad injury reevaluated in two weeks. That's two of your better players that you're missing, and you can tell it's it's. Definitely showing. It's 100% showing. So I kind of get the JV not really being super successful in this game because the Pelicans kind of exposed a flaw for him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. JV is not the most mobile guy. Nope, and they even talked about that tonight. And so um, I think it's Nico. I know his last name's Melly. Me- yeah, Nico Melly. Yeah, so... Melly exposed him. The Melly of the Pelicans, he's a quote-unquote big, but he's quick. JV couldn't keep up with him. Melly was torching him. So JV's not going to keep up with P.J. Tucker has zero shot. He cannot guard JV. Uh, no, we saw that tonight. It, it won't <laughs> happen. There's not a player on that roster that can really guard JV 
Not just now. size, sheer like muscle and size. He's going to outmuscle anybody on that roster. The problem is JV is not fast enough on the other end to keep up with those guys. And so while on the offensive end, you get the, the positive of JV can eat, you can free the wildebeest and let him go ham on the offensive end. Which they should have. But on the defensive end, you're going to have to make adjustments because he yeah. just cannot keep up with those guys. That was one thing they were saying tonight. I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail here, but they you're, were you're saying okay. when, rip, uh, man. when uh, he was with Toronto, mm-hmm. and I remember watching him, he was a little slow, and that training staff actually worked with him to pick up his speed, and I could you could tell a difference in his uh, you know evol- I guess that's the word his evolution with Toronto, and I mean, could you imagine if they didn't do that? Oh man, <laughs> the the game has changed. It has. JV is built for kind of the old school, mm-hmm. and the, some of the newer seven footers, some of the newer big guys are quicker, yep. and could work on those switches and guard. Well, like wing. Porzingis. Yeah, that's right. a good seven three, he, but he can move like a freaking guard. Yeah, almost. he he's got really good footwork. You know, Jaron Jackson's not quite yeah. seven foot, but he's fast enough. If he gets switched on a wing player, he's got a shot. If you get JV switched on to Westbrook, Harden, just to name because of the matchup tonight, he's getting exposed. It was bad. You know, he's one hundred percent. He just can't do it, and it's not because of lack of effort. He just doesn't have the speed to do it. And so defensive schemes, the Grizzlies coaching staff has to step it up and do a better job. So, hey, we've got this mismatch. We can eat you up on the offensive end, but we don't have an answer on the defensive end. That's where schemes and stuff, they have to work to do better. That's a coaching thing, not necessarily a JV thing. JV can put in the work. But at seven foot, seven hundred pounds, or whatever he is, he, I'm exaggerating. Like he's he's a behemoth of a man. Yeah, at is. that size, you're just not going to be fleet of foot. It's just not. It's not going to happen. I think he's too like two seventy. Yeah, he is. He's a, a big, monster. He's a big man. Yeah. Uh, let's run through some stats real quick. Kyle Anderson, seven points, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. JV had sixteen and ten. DeAnthony Melton got the start. And I would just like to take the time to pat myself on the back and tell all you haters on Twitter that said Melton's never going to start at the small forward to suck it. Who in the world said that? There, you didn't see the conversation where a dude told me I was nuts that Melton's too small to start at the three? Well, no, because I would have chimed in on that one. Yeah, so anyway, there, there were multiple people when I said that I wanted to see the starting lineup post-All-Star game be Ja Morant, Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, to all you haters out there, what Dave said. <laughs> so Melton started at the three. He uh, he was assigned to guard Harden. That's why he was out there. He had nine points, seven rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Ja Morant, 12 points, three rebounds, nine assists. Josh Jackson, five points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal. Gorgie Zhang, 10, 2, 1, 1, and 1. Glad he's, to see him getting some minutes. He's going to get minutes. That's a guy, like, if you need big man numbers, and we said this before, we're not really, like, we talk about fantasy off and on. It's not a fantasy show. But Gorgie is a pickup right now, man. Mm-hmm. If you're in a 10 or 12-man league or a deeper league and he's out there with Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark being out, you got it. I think he's a must-own guy. The Rockets... 
were really kind of a tough matchup because uh, they do the small ball. Gorgie's a seven-footer, mm-hmm. right? But any other matchup, he's like he's going to produce. He's going to give you – he was good from the field tonight. He kind of hurts you at the free throw line. And he gave you a little bit of something from everywhere. So he filled the stat sheet up. Wasn't super impressive. But when you're picking guys up off the waiver wire this time of year, you're not expecting something – like there's not going to be anybody spectacular on the waiver wire <laughs> – at this point in the year, if you find a diamond in the rough, it's going to be those happen. some sort of freak. Those happen. Yeah, like it does happen, but it's not likely this late in the season. Uh, John Conchar, four points, seven rebounds, two assists, three steals. This is the one that was tough for me. Tyus Jones had eight points and no assists. That blew my mind. I didn't get to watch this game. I only got to listen to it. Because I was at work, I tried to turn. I turned the TV on to where I can try to watch it, but it just it just wasn't happening. So I I turned the the radio on. I'm listening to the game, and I didn't get to watch it. But the Grizzlies were top of the league in assists pre All Star, and they haven't been there. And these post All Star games, the first half they come out looking like a steaming pile of horse dung. And then at the halftime, you know, at halftime, Coach Jenkins makes adjustments, and here we go. We're playing with them after halftime. And they did really good for like eight minutes. It's they, the Grizz. Final score was one forty to one twelve. So that's a twenty eight point loss. The Rockets only outscored the Grizzlies by two points in the second half. Bum bum bum. Two points in the second half. They played with them in the second half. Mm-hmm. They did. It's you cannot bury yourself in that type of a hole in the NBA and expect to claw your way back. There's going to be nights when things happen. The those the shots were just not falling tonight that, for the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks scored 22 points, but he shot the ball 26 times. That's what the one guy was saying because it was on ESPN tonight. I didn't get yeah. to listen to Brevin and uh, Pete, but. Yeah, you got um, to listen to the ESPN. Yeah, guy. I got to listen to the, Yeah, well, they they weren't bad, but they yeah. weren't great. Kevin Harlan would have been great, but anyway. Um, they were saying that Dylan had to be really close to his uh, career high in field goals attempted. Yeah, I know he's had a couple games this year where he shot the ball over 20 times. I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't realize he shot that much. I don't know how many, like, I don't know what his career high is, even for that number, to be honest. But 26 times, he has 35% from the field. I'm glad to see him put some numbers on the board. But Dylan Brooks is not going to consistently shoot the ball 26 times. (laughs) If you're an NBA player and you're shooting the ball that much, you should score 20-plus points. That's all I'm going to say. You're not, like, I'm glad that Dylan actually scored because Dylan had been not just on the struggle bus, he had been driving the struggle bus. And so the fact that he gets out there, he leads the team in scoring, maybe this allows him to turn the corner. We'll see. What'd you find over there? I see your brain working. Yeah, it is his career high. 26? Yeah, he did it. It ties his career. Well, there's two different. Okay, it says two different things. It says this is his career high. Okay. And there's another one here that says field goal attempts. 26 against the Trailblazers on f- April 1st of 2018. So, so I, at I would least say ties. It, it at least ties it. So, yeah. yeah. 
Now the, we know. In the first half, the Grizzlies were really struggling with turnovers. They were turning the ball over a lot, and that's they finished the game with 14 turnovers. They had nine in the first half. They weren't taking care of the ball. And like I said, the, the Tyus Jones thing, he, he played plenty of minutes tonight and had zero assist, and that's just not his game. That's not what he does, man. Mm-hmm. He didn't shoot the ball well from the field. He was like, what, three three for ten or something like that? But they had they must not have counted a couple of his passes because I'm th- running it through my head a couple times that he gave it to somebody unless they dribbled it around too long and then shot it. That'd be I, the only time I can – because seriously, that was – I had a double take, man. I'm like, they're, really, Tyus Jones played he always, 20 minutes and didn't get a single assist? He always at least has about five or so. Yeah, he, he's a four or five assist a night guy mm-hmm. and didn't happen. Not tonight. No. This is, you know, I I talked about how crappy the Grizzlies have been in the first half. In the four games post-All-Star break, they were at Sacramento, at both of the Los Angeles teams, and then tonight at Houston. The Grizzlies have been outscored by a combined 83 points in the first half. That's an average of over 20 points. (laughs) You're down over 20 at halftime in yeah. all four of these games. I don't care who you're playing, man. <laughs> you're you're not you're not going to beat them. You can't you can't give up 20 like all right, I'm just going to spot you 20 points and then now in these last 24 minutes here I come. No, I don't see him beating anybody. I was thinking, well, maybe the Knicks, but no. No, it, it's not just even it's that. not going to end well, man. No. You you cannot be that bad in the first half and expect to mm-hmm. It's not that it's impossible. We've watched it happen. Oh, We've yeah. watched, you know, teams beat the Grizzlies when the Grizzlies had them 20 plus points down. And we were there for the Nuggets for yeah. one year. Yeah. Jokic so blew it's, up. It's not that it can't happen, but you can't consistently do this. They're really getting lucky in the aspect of other teams are helping them out right now. And it's really tough to say that they're getting lucky with the injuries that they're having because you lose a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., one of the best players on the team. You could argue that he's the best player on the team. It's it's close, honestly. Like He's a key point, like, like a key part. He's one of the three best players on your team, and that's like – Oh, no doubt on that You can't one. debate that. He's one of the three best players. So you lose him. And then you lose a guy like Brandon Clark that's been producing all year. That's two key role, like two guys that are rotation players that are right. They're they're top of the line. Like they're your guys. You need them to produce in order to win. And what you don't have right now post-trade deadline is a security blanket of Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder. And I'm going to stop that there. I'm not going to go in. I, I will, I'm going to make one more comment because I see people, they should have never traded Jay Hill or Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. Get out of my face with that garbage. <laughs> Get it out of here. Those guys were not part of the future of this franchise. Justice Winslow could very well be the wing scorer that the Grizzlies need to be that piece to take it to the next level. The Grizzlies won that trade. That was a good trade. 
this year was not about winning. It wasn't. This is a rebuilding team. If they make the playoffs, great. If they don't, it's still a win because they have exceeded expectations already. They haven't exceeded my expectations yet. Sam. 35. Sam did not really. They're on their way. just threw some number out there. He was thinking close to what I said. He just wanted to be different. No. So he shot high. That is not true. That's not it. Because I answered first. He didn't expect him to win 35. It's trash. I just wanted him to win 35 (laughs) because it's better than last year's. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, the guys that are saying they should have kept Jay, Jay Crowder and Silent Hill. Did you not watch the last month that Jay Crowder was in Memphis? I did. He was terrible. Trash. Jay, he helped you on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. He gave you veteran leadership. He gave you things that are not measurable on the stat sheet. And if you had any I fantasy, will, he gave you really bad field goal percentage. Yeah, I will never argue that Jay Crowder had a positive impact on this team. But you can't seriously sit there and think that this team, the way that they were, that they were going to go into the playoffs against a Lakers or a Clippers or a Nuggets team and really be competitive in that series. Well, you saw what happened with the it, Lakers. It's, like, it's just, they're not there yet. They're no. not. If they get there and by some crazy act, they end up beating them, okay, that's great. But it's highly, highly unlikely that that's they're going to get there. <laughs> Even with the roster that they had pre-trade deadline, they're not going to beat those guys. They're not going to beat a Lakers. It's a seven-game sure. series. You may win some games just yeah. because of ta- you talent win, alone. You may win the two games at home. But you're not going to – like, these guys – LeBron James oh, – I'm not. I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue. I'm not going to fuel this fire. The trade was good. If you think – if you're sitting in your house right now and you legitimately think that keeping Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder was the correct long-term plan, you're out of your damn mind. Out of it, You're and that's just facts. There. That just it is what it is. You have to make the moves for the future. Justice Winslow is a move for the future. If it works, they look like a genius. If it doesn't work, there's going to be the what ifs. Either way you go, either way you go, you're going to have what ifs. See a guy? Oh, they should have kept Dion Waiters. No, they shouldn't have. Oh Lord, Dion Waiters is a me player. Has anybody said that? He can. Yeah, people have said that. Man, like. There's so many armchair GMs out here that think that they have all the answers. Can Dion Waiters fill it up? Sure. He sure mm-hmm. can. But Dion Waiters can be an absolute toxic cancer in your locker room, too. You're going to come at me and argue the fact, well, Josh Jackson was bad before he got there. Okay. Maybe so. But Josh Jackson's attitude since he's been in Memphis has not been that. And I think that, you know, there were a lot of questions of whether Josh Jackson should should or should not have been up with the team from the word go. And I can't, I will say this, when it first happened, Anthony Sane was a guy that was a big supporter. He was like the, we'll say, the, the creator of the free Josh Jackson movement because he was, he was pro Josh Jackson from the word go. Yep. He thought that Josh Jackson should have been up. In the beginning... I didn't share that. I was not on the same side of that because Josh Jackson had a troubled 
you know, like he had some issues. I understand the G League is not like it's not a rehab. That's not what it's there for. But Josh Jackson had to show stuff to this front office. Hey, this is what we need. And we never heard the parameters. We don't know what they are. But I've never one time since Josh Jackson has been in Memphis heard him say anything negative about this front office. This front office believes in me. They believed I could play. Now I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. He's he's saying whether it's fluff and it's just him doing the right thing so he continues to get an opportunity or it's the truth, we don't know for sure. But he's not said anything publicly to indicate that he's frustrated with the way that things have went in Memphis. So, yeah, you can argue with me and tell me that Josh Jackson was bad in the locker room in Phoenix. He didn't get that opportunity here. If he had been bad in the locker room with the hustle, he never sees the floor with the Grizzlies. There's nothing you're going to do to convince me otherwise. If he's down there and he's averaging 25-8-8 eight, eight in the G League and he's being a cancer in the locker room, that's where he stays all year. Yeah. That's just and maybe they try to trade him. I don't know, but he wouldn't have got that opportunity. And a guy like Dion Waiters, that's where all this started. I'm circling back around here. It's a long circle here it comes. A guy like Dion Waiters, could they use his scoring right now? Yes. Long term, Dion Waiters is a bad idea in this locker room. Poo poo. You won't convince me otherwise. Nope. As a matter of fact, there was a person, I'm not going to mention people's names, but there was a person at the game, the last game we went to, and they were saying we should have kept him, and I told her, no, oh, I said her, oops, sorry. You're good. (laughs) Nobody knows who it is. Good. Well, I told her, no, and she asked me, well, what do you think about the team? I was like, well, I was a little sad to see Bruno go, I was a little sad, you know, I was, I Yeah, Bruno Bruno. got on the floor tonight against the Grizzlies. And he, and he scored two and he dunked it. It was awesome. But anyway, so hated to see him go. You know, I, I knew Jay was going to go. I knew pretty much Solomon Hill was going to go. And I was tell, telling her that and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to see Gorgie and everything. And she goes, well, I think we should have kept uh, old uh, Waiters. Waiters. Gosh, my mind went blank there. I was going to call him Goofball. That's I what got he you, is. Man. Yeah, appreciate it. And I was like, no, that's a bad, bad idea. Well, why is that? I'm like, I'm not even going to get in that with you. I'm not because he's just trash. Yeah, I I'm not gonna say that. Like I won't. His I won't attitude say, sucks. Yeah, like he can ball. Yeah. He he well, like. And I we covered that in another video too. He uh, he aggravated me a few years ago. He did not. Uh, yeah. He was he did not stay out there for the national anthem, and that just burns me. That, yeah. That aggravated me. I get you. Yeah. So it's. In a city, you know, like what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. Do you really know? No, you don't really know. No. But why take the chance? This young team is gelling. There's a lot of chemistry, and it's a team-first mindset, not a me-first. And so it's bringing a guy like that in the locker room is an opportunity for disaster. Just avoid it. Just, you know, you're not the... I think that with the moves that they made... They got stuff that they needed that's going to help them in the future. Maybe it turns out that it helps them some this year, but they weren't so much worried about this year. They were worried about moving forward, getting these guys developed, seeing what they do, 
seeing what becomes of it, and go from there. This is the Denver Nuggets team from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, you got so they're in. The if you if you compare it right, let let's let's talk about that. What we'll, we'll kind of we we talked about that some mm. a little bit before, mm. but you look at where Denver is right now. Mm-hmm. They are. They're in the West. They're two right now, mm-hmm. right? They're they're the second seed in the West right now, and you look at how Denver has done it. You got Jokic, you got Jamal Murray. Yep. You, you've got guys on that team that have been together. They've played together. They've developed together, and then look at look at where they're at. You, you make all the right moves, and then you, you know you get a guy like Jeremy Grant, not a big name, good player, great defensive player gonna help you there's Denver has made a lot of really good moves so the Grizzlies they have talent they have uh Jaron Jackson John Morant Brandon Clark D'Anthony Melton they have these guys with the talent similar to what Denver has out there they're just developing it give it time if you thought before the season that the Grizzlies were going to be in the playoffs you were delusional no that's just I did not it see was that. you you were dreaming yep. because no nobody nobody in the media nobody like nobody in Vegas these the people that do this for a living nobody thought that they were going to be there so if you were one of those people that like oh this team's going to make the playoffs good for you i'm glad you're that optimistic but you were dreaming You cannot sit here and look at this team and think, okay, we're going to go and we're going to win a championship this year. (laughs) They don't, they don't have what they need right now. And and I love the Grizzlies. I love where they are and the players on the team, the roster, the pieces that they have, but they've got to develop. You you have to find out what Dylan Brooks is going to be. The January Dylan Brooks, if he comes to the floor every day, they got a steal on that contract. If we get the February Dylan Brooks, they overpaid the crap out of him for Another that contract. Another Chandler Parsons? No. No, <laughs> you shut your face with that freaking garbage. I'll stab you in the neck. They did not pay him $100 million to ride the pine and only play 30 games. They No. Well, y'all heard it here first. If I get stabbed in the neck, Dave did it. That's right. I'm not. You're not going to. Dylan is not Chandler Parsons. No, he's not. Because I, Dylan I Brooks can play it, yeah. defense. I was about so. to say, well, and he can play offense better than but, Parsons, too. But Anyway, it's it's a rebuild. And because of the success of this team, fans, myself included, have invested in the wins and losses. And that's okay. It's okay that you're invested in the team. It's great that that we as a fan base are invested in this team. But reel it in. Reel it in and be like, okay, we gave up these guys that were making a good impact, that were doing good things for this team this year. We gave them up. And maybe, maybe it hurts us a little bit this year. Maybe it does. But the Grizzlies made the right move. You get younger. You let the young guys play together. You let them develop. You turn into it. Jordan, Pippen, and the Bulls. Drafted them, played together, grew together, won championships. They added pieces in. Jordan and Pippen add pieces in. Championship. LeBron James. You know, I mean, like, 
okay, so he, he goes to Miami, pairs up superstars. Yeah, yeah, that, that was awful. Bad but example. The the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq. You get the young guys, you add some pieces to them, you let them develop, you win championships. Tree of them in a row. It's it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's how some teams, some large market teams can throw together a team full of superstars, load up, and win championships. One team that didn't do it and should have done it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Yeah. that Had that core stayed together... Another year. Yeah. Just one year. It, it, it could have easily been OKC. OKC for three years in a Durant, row. Durant, Westbrook, Harden, add some pieces, win a championship. They were right there. They should have they gave Harden what he wanted. So that's what they should have done. But at that at that time, the way that Ibaka was playing, I get that. I do. It's you had to make the. You decision. look at what he is now. You, you look either, at where where they had, are. Well, yeah, I know, and I'm not looking yeah. at that. But then it's like, well, you look at Ibaka. You look at Harden. Yeah, you're going to take Ibaka because it's Sergi Blocka. Then yeah, he was killing it. He so could average 17 blocks a game. It was retarded in a small market. You gotta draft the guys. You gotta you gotta hit on your draft picks. You gotta let the guys develop together, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. This is not. It's not Los Angeles. It's not New York. It's not Miami. Thank it's God not it's Chicago. Not, thank God it's not New York because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not gonna you're not gonna pull these huge name free agents and be able to just toss all kinds of money at them and win championships. You're gonna have to do it the long haul, and that's what they're doing. The Warriors did it too. Yeah. Yep. Well, then, well, they did it. actually. The, they did win without Kevin. My bad. Yeah. I was about to say, well, they but, got Kevin, but they did win before that. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes, Iguodala, Thompson, Curry, mm-hmm. all yep. drafted. Yep. Mark Jackson's well, Iguodala, team. Iguodala wasn't. No, no. Yeah, he was yeah. in Philly. That's yep. a piece that you add in. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yep. You, you draft the guys. You add in pieces. You win. Yep. And that's what you know. We'll see. We'll see how this pans out. I am super excited for the future of the Grizzlies. I've said that all the time. These last four games post-All-Star break have been painful to watch because they came out looking like a Division One college team against NBA teams in the first half, and it just hasn't panned out well for Man, them. Man, I'm surprised you even gave them that much credit. Yeah, I mean, it just it, – it was – they look like boys among men, just to be like frank. That, that's just what – they have not been executing. They've not been playing well in the first half. You can't go to halftime at a 20-point deficit every no. game. You're not going to win many games like that. Nope. So, Sammy, you got anything else for tonight, man? I do not at the moment. I got nothing else either, guys. Listen, we, we've talked to you about Devin and Ira and the guys over at Hootball Gaming, and we talked to you about their podcast Go check them out. If you're a gambler, you're looking for somebody, looking for some help, these guys have been doing a bang-up job, man. It's uh, Hootball Gaming, at Hootball Gaming on Twitter. The podcast is Today in Sports Betting. Go check those guys out. They they cover everything, man. College, pros, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, man. They, they cover all of it. You go, you listen to those. Them guys, they're going to give you some good lines, tell you which way the, the – they're betting you can go with it you can go against them you can do it however you want but i'm telling you they've been doing well if you go with them you're going to be winning some money and if you go check it out you're going to bet go do it with our partner 
at mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is a sporting book. They have been around for a while. It's a no-name. They pay you out quick. They don't mess around. They have a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week customer service team to take care of all of your questions and needs. And right now, if you go over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code TODAY, that's the show's promo code. It's today, Sam. Today. You go over to mybookie.ag, use our promo code. They're matching your initial deposit up to 50%, $2,000 max. So you deposit two grand, they're giving you an extra grand to bet. They, I'm telling you, whatever you want to bet on, mybookie.ag has it, and probably some things that you wouldn't even think about betting on. They have parlay wagers. You want to pull a bunch of games together and try and win more money. Get at them. They got it. MyBookie.ag. The show's code is today. Today. That's all we got for today, guys. You can find the show on Twitter. We're at HootballGrizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is. It is SammyB1118. That's a capital S, lowercase a, M-M-Y, capital B, 1118. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Go Grizz. This has been a hoop ball presentation.